Monday night at 7 p.m. on Radio Catskill. You'll hear interviews with social critics, artists, activists, and entrepreneurs, forward thinkers who are building tomorrow's world today. Deep conversations about change with the leading thinkers and doers of our time. That's the Laura Flanders Show, Monday night, 7 p.m., right here on Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. Welcome to the local edition. News and information keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dole. Coming up, we've got our weekly check-in with Sullivan County Government. Public Health Director Karen Holden joins us to talk about the current COVID vaccine and where to find it. And John Vale, Executive Director of the Hudson Valley Chapter of the American Red Cross, joins us to talk about the current blood donation shortage. I also have details for you about tomorrow's blood drives in Liberty and Honesdale and other upcoming blood drives. And we also have Derek Kirk with the latest news from the Sullivan County Democrat, including the latest on that gas leak explosion this weekend. But first up, it's an update on climate change in New York State because it's the first full week of October and the forecast high for tomorrow is 79 in our listening area in the first week of October, pushing 80. And this uh, follows 8 to 10 inches of rain that fell in one weather event in the Hudson Valley at the end of last week. They got even more torrential rain down in New York City where flooding and transportation shutdowns occurred. Supporters of a bill that would move New York more quickly to clean energy sources say the torrential rain that flooded parts of New York City last week, that's just one more example of climate change causing more severe weather. Karen DeWitt has more. The measure, known as the New York Heat Act, would end over $200 million in subsidies for the state's oil and gas industry by eliminating the so-called 100-foot rule. That requires utilities to install new gas lines for free to hook up customers who live within 100 feet of an existing gas main. But existing customers, not the utility, shoulder the cost. Critics argue the rule unfairly advantages choosing gas, which often comes from fracked sources, over cleaner forms of energy. The bill would also cap energy bills at 6% of income for low- and middle-income families, saving those households an estimated $75 per month. Advocates, including Sonal Jessup with the group We Act for Environmental Justice, say Friday's record rainfall, which inundated parts of New York City, came after floods from Hurricane Ida two years ago, damaging rainfall in the Hudson Valley over the summer and smoky air from Canadian wildfires. She says the incidents can't just be accepted as the new normal. These events are only getting more frequent and more severe. We have to get off fossil fuels now. The New York Heat Act will help us get there by starting to get New York off the polluting, outdated frack gas pipeline system that supercharges storms like the one we just had. Justin Henning, a resident of the Gowanus section of Brooklyn, says when he picked up his young daughter from school on Friday, the bus they were riding home in encountered a pond of water in the road that was two and a half feet deep. After the water started seeping into the bus, he says he picked up his daughter and jumped up on the seat. My daughter was scared. She didn't know what was going on. And I mean, I was able to stay calm, but, you know, it was a, you know, everyone's got their phones out to Instagram, all that stuff, you know, and it's just we can't feel like we're safe getting my daughter to and from school, you know, and I'm getting I'm getting to work as well. 
it's really tough to go through that. The bill passed the state Senate, but it stalled in the assembly. The oil and gas industry opposed the measure. Senate sponsor Liz Krueger, whose Manhattan district was affected by Friday's flooding, is among those asking Governor Hochul not to wait for the assembly to act, but to instead incorporate the provisions of the New York Heat Act into her next state budget. Friday's experience of crisis wasn't even a big storm. It's just what they're calling heavy rain in the new normal. Heavy rain can do that much damage because, frankly, our infrastructure is not there to meet our needs. Kruger says costs for upgrading the city's sewer systems to withstand the more intense rainfall could be $100 billion. Senator Kruger and the advocates say the legislation would also help New York carry out the goals of its 2019 Climate Change Act. A spokesman for Governor Hochul did not comment directly on the request. Spokesman Avi Small said only that the governor looks forward to releasing the details of her executive budget next year, as is required by law. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. And thanks to Karen and New York Public News Network for that report. Big news locally this weekend included a big explosion. It happened on Saturday. Patricio Rabayo has more. A powerful explosion hit patio homes in Kamisha Lake around 12.30 on Saturday, September 30th. According to New York State Police, the cause of the explosion was a propane leak, resulting in three injuries, with the victims being transported to Westchester Medical Center, where they're listed in critical condition. Almost 50 years in the fire service, I've never seen anything like this. It's crazy. That's Thompson Town Supervisor Bill Reber Jr. describing the devastation. The explosion happened on James Place in Kamisha Lake. We had debris blown up in trees for some time, 50, 60 feet high. Full sheets of plywood, rafters, uh, metal, aluminum uh, within, you know, several hundred feet of the house. Authorities say the explosion doesn't seem to be a criminal act, but the investigation is ongoing, according to New York State Police. John Hoschild, the Sublet County Fire Coordinator, said when he arrived on the scene, that it was devastating to witness the aftermath. You know, it affected several, several houses in that community and, and residents. And, uh, you know, when I got there, Montesal Fire Department had command set up along with the law enforcement agencies and EMS. Uh, Alex Rauer, EMS coordinator, was there and helped assist with the uh, additional uh, ambulances that were required and requested to the scene. Um, again, Montesal Fire Department uh you know, the chief had everything um, good, uh, unified command, and um, everybody, all the agencies work well together. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Rabayo. Patricio spoke with Derek Kirk, editor of the Sullivan County Democrat, early this afternoon for our weekly news roundup with the Democrat. And he got to other news in our area, but Derek started off with the latest on that gas leak explosion. It was definitely a shooken up scene. A lot of the residents, uh, neighbors um, around the property, uh, down the hill, uh, the closest that I could get uh, to 14 James Place, which is the address of the home that uh, exploded uh, due to the propane leak. Um, neighbors uh, were out uh, outside of their homes talking with one another. Um, some, I noticed, were even calling out for pets who might have been spooked um, and ran off. Uh, I noticed, uh, uh, you know, calling out uh, pet names, trying to get them to come home. Um, then uh, uh, word on the... Uh, uh, 
you know, people on the scene noted uh, that debris from the home had just flown everywhere. It was in trees. It was on top of roofs uh, from other buildings nearby. Um, a lot of neighbors have reported that their windows had, uh, you know, blown out. And that um, even the the picture frames on their walls had shaken and fallen to the ground. Um, and so uh, I, one um, eyewitness report that I talked to, uh, she said it was, um, quote, destruction and chaos uh, that followed um, early afternoon Saturday um, of that explosion. So, um, yeah, and the investigation said that it was uh, uh, estimated a propane gas leak. And I, I believe the investigation is still ongoing. Um, and we're going to have more on the three victims who are left in critical condition, uh, one adult and two children, uh, Robert McDowell, age 36, Jesse McAlee, age five, and Savannah McAlee, age nine. So um, hopefully that they will uh, be recovered as they were uh, transported to Westchester Medical Center. So uh, we'll have to keep our eye on um, their recovery. Yeah, seeing the photos uh, online and the ones that are going to be posted on on the Democrat and even on our site, it's just amazing the debris and the amount of devastation that was there. Like you mentioned like three people are critically injured in Westchester Medical as we speak. So, Absolutely. Yeah, more can be found on that in uh, Tuesday's edition of the Sullivan County Democrat. Definitely keep us up to date on any updates comes from this investigation on the propane gas leak. You have another story on the pages of the Sullivan County Democrat. This time it deals with COVID-19. We recently spoke to Sullivan County Public Health Director Karen Holden, and she told us that the COVID-19 vaccine shots are here available in Sullivan County. What can you tell us, Derek? Absolutely. So uh, communications director for the county, Dan, who's uh, had uh, sent in a press release uh, for our front page of Tuesday's edition of the Democrat. And it just goes over um, what the new uh, COVID-19 vaccination shot uh, what that looks like and where uh, residents of the county can look uh, to get that filled for them. Um, so more of that can be found uh, on the front page of Tuesday's edition. Yeah, the vaccination shots are here. And like I said, we spoke to, about this in the past, how getting the COVID-19 shot is going to be a common thing, like you're getting your flu shot every year. So you have another story on the pages of the Sullivan County Democrat about a new union president. What can you tell us? Yes. So Sullivan County or lifelong Sullivan County resident uh, Timothy Diamond was reelected as the fifth president of the New York State Police Investigators Association. Uh, Diamond is a a former law enforcement officer, um, a local coach. uh, I I believe it's the Tri-Valley School Board member um, and as well as a union leader. Um, And his uh, impressive story um, and resume um, and how he gives back to not only his labor union, um, but as well as the Sullivan County re, um, uh, area um, and the young uh, students and athletes uh, that, um, you know, he will look after. So more to be found on uh, Diamond's uh, background and his reelection to the position. Well, congratulations to him. You have another story about tourism. I see a lot of reports about the new tourism or, uh, reports have come out. How well did Sullivan County do? Absolutely, yeah. The Sullivan Catskills Visitors, Visitors Association um, announced that Sullivan County is uh, becoming a premier travel destination, um, especially after the uh, uh, post-pandemic uh, surge of visitors and uh, people looking to live in the county have um, increased uh, 
according to the data compiled by Tourism Economics, uh, traveler spending in Salt County in 2022 grew 25.8%. So it's it's not only, excuse me, been an increase in the people, but an increase in their spending and cash flow and economic growth in the county as well. Um, So, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, unique attractions and experiences that bring people, um, you know, to Sullivan County. And uh, hopefully, you know, that trend will continue as we, um, you know, invite more and more uh, commerce um, into our uh, ecosystem. Yeah, tourism is a major engine of uh, economic engine here in Solomon Catskills because we are the home of Woodstock and, among other things, the home of the the former Borscht Belt. So we always have relied on tourism. So it's always good to hear that tourism has gone up back again uh, post-pandemic. And because, again, we spoke about this in the past, how that tr- trickles down to the rest of the economic base in Sullivan County, meaning that if folks are uh, being tourists in our county, that means they may be visiting restaurants, maybe they're visiting the stores, or maybe they're just going to the movies in Hurleyville or something like that, So, or or in Calicoon. So, uh, Derek, thank you so much for talking to us and letting us know about all these stories on the pages of the Sullivan County Democrat on newsstands starting tomorrow. Or you can see it online at scdemocratonline.com. Until next week, Derek, take care. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Rubio. Thank you, Patricio. Thank you, Derek. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the new COVID vaccine and where to get it. Sullivan County Public Health Director Karen Holden joins us. And we check in with the American Red Cross about the need, the need for bleed. The Red Cross warning about a drop in blood donations across the country. Blood drives happening tomorrow in Liberty and Holmesdale should help locally. We have details coming up. Stay with us. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Radio Catskill's Apple Pie Palooza is Saturday, October 7th at Catskill Brewery. We'll have homemade apple pies for sale and music by DJ Jason Tuga. Go to WJFFRadio.org to enter the pie contest or forget the baking and just come to the event of the season for people who love apples and the pies that hold them. Apple Pie Palooza, 5 to 8, October 7th at Catskill Brewery in Livingston Manor. Most Americans have made up their minds about the Supreme Court. It's either restoring justice. I still believe in the Constitution. Or destroying America. The Supreme Court's not going to save us. On More Perfect, a special series from WNYC Studios, we're trying to make sense of the Supreme Court today. We'll meet people on all sides of crucial cases and give you the history that explains how we got here. Listen to More Perfect. Monday night at 9 on Radio Catskill. Welcome back to the local edition. I'm Jason Dole. The latest COVID-19 vaccination is now available and it's in our area. Karen Holden, the public health director of Sullivan County, spoke with Radio Catskills Patricio Rabio today about how to get the vaccine. Folks also have questions about where to get it and what it's going to cost, if anything. Here's Karen Holden. It's it's really great that lots of people have been calling us asking uh, because we became a, a very trusted place for people to come and get their vaccines and then their boosters. Uh, but this time, the way that the rollout of the updated vaccine is going 
it's going to be offered through either your provider or pharmacies as long as you have health insurance. So if someone is listening to this, where can they go to get the COVID shot? Sure. So I would begin to access in Sullivan County. I would call your local pharmacies. Um, some of the places that we know that have it or have ordered it, so they will be having it, is K&K Pharmacy in Liberty, the Medicine Shop in Liberty, Walgreens in Liberty, Walgreens in Monticello, Rock Hill in Rock, uh, Rock Hill Pharmacy in Rock Hill, uh, the ShopRite Pharmacy in Monticello, and the Walmart Pharmacy in Monticello. So call your local pharmacist to see if you get the COVID shot there. But I'm assuming you could also call your doctor, right? Absolutely. I always recommend having a good relationship with your provider, reaching out to them with any questions, uh, see if any of the major medical practices are carrying it. And if they are, if you can get an appointment. Now, we're in a different place than we were, say, two years ago with the pandemic. You know, we had cases went down a lot, and now we had a sort of a slight uptick because of the season change. So, you know, we're now, you know, we're in the fall, and now winter is coming. So what can we do to stay safe? Because it can be scary thinking that we may go to another large, you know, infection rate. Of course. I think that that, that fear is very natural. I mean, the last few years have been, they, we've been faced with challenges that we have not seen in our lifetime. Uh, so something that's very important, what we've learned is if you feel ill, please stay home. Uh, don't expose other people to your illness. Some people are very comfortable and are choosing to wear a mask. And we ask that if someone does want to wear a mask, that we respect that choice. If someone doesn't want to wear a mask, that we respect that choice as well. Uh, using tissues when you blow your nose or cough and then discarding them into the trash and washing your hands is simple. Those are simple lessons we learned as children, but they still apply. That's an excellent way to stop spreading germs. If you find yourself beginning to cough and sneeze and you don't have a tissue, you can cough right into the crook, the bend of your elbow. And there's, you know, obviously you don't shake hands with that part of your body. You don't open doors with that part of your body. So that's another simple way to stop the spread of germs. And you mentioned a lot of things that, you know, we learned as kids, but obviously some of us had to relearn during the, the major part of the pandemic. And wash those hands. I mean, really, wash them. You know, scrub those hands. It's, it's uh, again, something that your mom taught you, right? But those those things, simple things do help with the spreading of germs and, and keeping us healthy. So use basic hygiene, wash your hands, you know, cough, cough into uh, your pit of your your elbow or, you know, use a tissue like you said. So, you know, and, and also masks. Masks, I, I've seen less and less. Less people are out there wearing masks. I know in the hospital settings, DR, I recently went to a doctor's office and everyone there had a mask. Um, uh, in some situations, people wear masks, some people don't. It's just now that we're in a different place now in the pandemic. Yes, I am. I am seeing that as well. And I try to be respectful if someone says, if you go to a business or I went to a, an office and they said, we would like you to wear a mask, that's fine. It's it's not challenging. I still have some in my car. Um, you know, but that is a, a simple way to protect health and be respectful of your fellow man. Uh, and also something that we sometimes overlook is remembering routine vaccination. It's going to be flu season. Please get your flu vaccine. And it is safe to get flu and COVID vaccines together administered at the same appointment. Right. That's something I did last time uh, when I got my flu shot. I got the flu and COVID shot on the same night at the my local pharmacy. And I, I expected some kind of larger reaction because I was getting the two. And I it wasn't any different uh, than I was just, if I was just getting the COVID shot or the flu shot by itself for me personally. And as far as who should get the updated um, 
COVID vaccine. It's uh, being recommended by the CDC that everyone aged five years and older should get one dose of the updated vaccine, right. and that is to protect against serious illness caused by COVID-19. Some people will say, well, I might get COVID anyway, but what we want to do is keep people from needing to be hospitalized, needing to be put on a ventilator, and, and of course, obviously present, preventing against death. Since we're in that season of cold and flu, and let's just say hypothetically you had a cold and you're just getting over it now, you you know don't have the major effects of the cold, but you're getting over it on the road to recovery. How long do you have to wait until you go get the COVID shot? So recovering from a cold, just having some respiratory symptoms, usually they will administer a COVID vaccine. It's if you have a fever or you've been feeling that level of illness that they would want you to wait. And that would be dependent on uh, your symptoms and any other medical issues that you have, any medical history. Right. Definitely, definitely, definitely good points there. Karen, before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on that you want folks to know about? Uh, just remember, you can get your four free at-home COVID-19 test this fall. You can go to either covidtest.gov, C-O-V-I-D-T-E-S-T-S.gov. Or if you are unable to access that, you can call a 1-800 number and they will help you place an order, either 1-800-232-0233 or uh TTY is one We were talking to the Sullivan County Public Health Director, Karen Holden, about the COVID-19 shot that now is available at pharmacies and how you can stay safe this winter. Karen, thank you so much for talking to us and letting us know about this important information. And we hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, it was a pleasure. I hope everyone has a safe and healthy fall and winter season. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Robayo. And thank you again, Patricio. As hospital demands for blood products are outpacing donations around the country, American Red Cross is warning it's facing a national blood shortage. Red Cross says blood donors are urgently needed right now and throughout the fall to help patients that are counting on life-saving blood following accidents, during surgeries, and for treatment of conditions such as sickle cell disease and cancer. To tell us more about the need in our area and what you can do about it, joining us on the phone, it's Executive Director of the Hudson Valley Chapter of the American Red Cross, John Vale. John, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me on again. Pleasure. So there's a blood shortage. Uh, how, how bad is it? Can you tell us what the nature of the blood shortage is? So the Red Cross, we're, we're currently experiencing a significant blood and a platelet donation shortfall. Uh, which really stemmed from collection efforts in the month of August. Uh, this, you know, really contributed to a, a current blood and platelet shortage. Um, right now, you know, we're really asking the public to book a time to give as soon as possible to help meet the demands uh, for our patients at hospitals across the country. Is this kind of shortage typical for this time of year, or is this time different? Sure, yeah. So, you know, the... Late summer, you know, typically presents some challenges for, for our national blood supply, uh, you know, with back-to-school activities and and uh, this year being one of the, the busiest travel seasons in recent memory. Uh, we actually saw that national blood supply this year drop about 25% compared to last year. Uh, so, you know, we, we know it's typical. You know, people are settling back, you know, to their fall school and, and work routines. Um, however, we're seeing another unique challenge to our blood supply, uh, you know, this year and, and actually the past several years. So as many employees continue to work from home, you know, or maybe in that hybrid capacity, that reduces sometimes the number of opportunities we have to, to collect blood at business-sponsored blood drives. 
So before the the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw more than 800,000 blood donations uh, hosted at businesses. Compared to last year, uh, we saw only about 500,000 blood donations at these locations. That's nearly a 40% drop uh, from pre-pandemic levels. Wow. So so it is kind of like you know, regular uh, flux to the blood donation cycle and then extenuating circumstances, in, including, again, the thing that's disrupted everything the last few years, uh, the pandemic. We're still uh, reacting to that, especially in areas related to healthcare like this with hospitals and blood donations. Um, so if the shortage is not addressed, I know you're asking people to get out there and donate blood, but uh, if the, the shortage isn't fixed and it gets worse, what are the potential impacts of that uh, for people and the region? Yeah, so when we see those blood and platelet collections drop at those critical levels, which we're seeing right now, uh, it really makes our hospitals and, our, and the patients in those hospitals very vulnerable. Uh, so especially if you consider a major accident, you know, or an emergency medical procedure that requires a large quantity of blood. Um, you know, that puts, again, a lot of our, our folks, our families, our community members, you know, at risk. Um, you know, when you consider a, a single car accident victim can use as many one, as 100 units of blood, um, you know, it makes, makes keeping that blood donation or, or levels, you know, really critical. You got to make sure those hospital shelves are stocked with blood products. Uh, and really ensure that those patients have access to the timely care that they deserve. So this this is the crucial question. I would say, as I heard about the shortage, the first thing that I did was I kind of went on Facebook just to see if there were any blood drives uh, in our area, and and I wasn't necessarily seeing anything. And then uh, I looked at your press release and saw that there's more specific ways that people mm-hmm. can give rather than just you know randomly searching online. So if if people want to donate blood, they want to meet this challenge of of, of meeting the shortage. Uh, what do you want them to know? So Red Cross really offers three ways to make a, a donation appointment. Uh, and these are really three simple ways that you can help save lives today. Uh, the first is you can download our Red Cross Blood Donor app. So, you know, either go to the Google Play Store or your your, your Apple, uh, you know, uh, store as well. You can download this app. It's free. Uh, it's actually what I utilize whenever I, I make a, a blood appointment. tracks all of your, your blood uh, donations in the past. It also lets you know when you're eligible for your next donation. And then, as you had mentioned, you can just use your zip code. Uh, to, to search upcoming blood drives, you know, depending on where you're located, you know, we'll have a drive hopefully in the next couple of weeks that you can get out to and help support. Uh, but you can also visit uh, redcrossblood.org. So that's redcrossblood, one word, dot O-R-G. Or the final option is you can call call us at 1-800-RED-CROSS. That's 1-800-733-2767. And you can use any one of those options to make a blood, uh, blood donation appointment today. All right, John, anything else you want folks to know while we've got you? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talked to, you know, about a little bit about, you know, some of those extenuating circumstances. You know, what we're seeing, uh, you know, here across the country is, you know, a, a very busy disaster season. And we're not quite out of it just yet. So, you know, we're really calling upon our communities to help, you know, step up today and and make a blood donation. Um, as a thank you, those who come out to give October 1st through the 20th of uh, 2023 uh, will receive a $15 Amazon uh, gift card. 
and that will be received by email. You can get more details at redcrossblood.org forward slash together uh, for more information. Um, and please, you know, we, we really appreciate our communities. You know, we have upcoming blood drives uh, throughout the, the fall here in the Hudson Valley, so please come out and, and help make sure we can get blood donations to where they're needed most. All right, well, thanks again for joining us to talk about this. Thanks so much for having me. We've been talking to John Vale, Executive Director of the Hudson Valley Chapter of the American Red Cross, about the blood shortage. Remember, info on how to help address the blood shortage, make an appointment, and give blood is at redcrossblood.org. That's redcrossblood.org. That's where you can find the latest blood drives as well. And uh, the latest blood drives in our area are coming up tomorrow, actually. Now, there's a blood drive happening in Honesdale, and this is a Red Cross blood drive at the Tabernacle Bible Church on Grove Street in Honesdale, and it's going from 12.30 tomorrow to 5.30, so 12.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m., five-hour blood drive, and uh, the blood cross, Red Cross has already illustrated the need, as you heard in that conversation. There's also a blood drive happening in Liberty tomorrow. This one's happening at the Liberty Fire Department and it's also a five-hour blood drive starting at 1 p.m. So it goes from 1 until 6 uh, tomorrow afternoon and evening. Uh, and again, if you go to uh, the website, redcrossblood.org, that's where you can put in your zip code, see the latest blood drives near you. But also you can sign up if you wanted a seat uh, to make sure that you're donating a particular time at the Liberty or Honesdale blood drives. That can be done by signing up and utilizing the website, again, is redcrossblood.org. Looking ahead in our area, there's a blood drive coming up next week at the Wurtsboro Fire Department, and that's happening on Wednesday, which is uh, October 11th, and then and that's going from 1 to 6 p.m. And then next Friday at the Ellenville Public Library, blood drive is going from 11.30 in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon. And there's another one on October 14th at the Hankins Fremont Center Fire Department up in Hankins, New York, going from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. again. That'll be next Saturday, October 14th. So that's the latest on the blood drives. That's going to do it for the local edition. Do stay tuned. Coming up, it's the latest news from the Daily and the latest headlines from NPR. Stay with us. This is Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania, keeping you connected. Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania.